your doctor about fever, stiff muscles, and confusion, which could be life-threatening, or uncontrollable muscle movements, which may be permanent. Increased cholesterol, weight gain, high blood sugar, decreased white blood cells, unusual urges, dizziness on standing, seizures, trouble swallowing may occur. When depression sets you back, keep moving forward. Make an appointment to talk to your doctor about adding Rexalti to your antidepressant. So here we are, um, just to let you know where we are, or I am, here at the side of a pool of a fairly budget hotel in Maine, USA. Now what I'm going to do in this episode is tell you all about what's been going on with me the past three months. I realise there's been a hiatus and I do have a couple of episodes to edit, so this may be the first one that appears in your ears. So yeah, let's have a little interlude, but just to let you know I'm in the USA... And in this episode, I'm going to tell you all about what me and Emily have been doing. Um, I would include her in this episode, but all will be revealed after the break. Mac and me! Hi, hello. Welcome to Mac and me. <laughs> <laughs> David from Edinburgh says, who do you want to be the new Prime Minister? <laughs> well, you hate, you hate both of them. <laughs> They're rubbish. <laughs> All right. Next question. What do you think of the cost of living crisis? <laughs> you laughing at us? <laughs> How's your trip to USA, which is featured in this episode? <laughs> Average? <laughs> yeah. We'll be back, yeah? That's goodbye from him. Join us next week or next month or next episode. And goodbye from me. <laughs> I'm here at the pool, I'm on my own It's a Monday So the pool is empty, which is good I'm in the sun, it's 80 degrees But the main thing is Is that I speak to you now As a guy who has contracted COVID I've been in the USA For four days And we were at Emily's family's house And had to vacate And are now at a hotel Which isn't too bad to be honest But obviously I'm in a room with my wife and son We've done well so far and I'll just keep staying here by the pool until I test negative. Obviously, I'm a guy that's fully vaxxed. But anyway, before that, I'll try not to make this a traumatic episode, but it's been a difficult couple of months, mainly because we were forced to leave our flat, which we really liked. 
the owner um, sold it. And then you're like, oh, well, it'll be all right. It will take, you know, six months to sell a flat. No one's going to be bothered. And it has to go through all this paperwork and shit. But some woman bought it in cash. And it happened very quickly. So he had to be out of the flat in a month. All the flats had gone up like 25 to 40% in price. Because a lot of people in COVID, they stayed in their flat and the rents got reduced and blah, blah, blah. This is in London. So this is a hyper. It might have the same if you're in Los Angeles, New York, Tokyo, Sydney, whatever. And then a lot of people wanted to come back to London recently. So I'm talking like spring and summer of 22. So anyway, we had to go and view like three flats a day with a baby in a heat wave, which is what was going on in sort of early June. And we also had to stay in the area that we lived in because we were, things were going very well with renting a bar or a venue that we were turning into a bar that was a hairdresser's. So we had these two things going on where we're trying to find a new place to live and we were trying to start our bar because we'd been knocking around, the space became available um, in Southampton where we lived in a space that we always found was perfect. There's no one living above it or next door to it. It's a standalone space. Small, recently refurbed, had a sort of diner flooring, lots of visibility. There was only one other um, bar on the street, which everyone really likes. And I think a lot of people in the neighbourhood thought that we needed another bar. So anyway, we were pursuing with that and that was the easy bit. We got lawyers to get us a licence with Camden Council. We got our friend Brian, who we really appreciate, did an architectural drawing to do as part of our application. And, you know, I'm not going to give away our concept, but we have two big concepts that we're going to do for bars. And this was going to use one of them. So anyway, we're trying to find a flat as well. We're going to two two or three visitations a day and of course lots of unique things happened with doing that things were so frantic at that time and they probably still are with renting in that people were offering like 25 30 percent more on top of an already inflated price because they needed to be in london you know it's like us we had till june 15th we had to get somewhere or we're going to have to put our stuff in storage and come here to america in the meantime And, you know, it came to things like even when we went to see one up on Primrose Hill, the estate agents we met didn't know exactly which house it was they were going to be showing. So I then had to find out, you know, we were knocking, going, is this the right flat? Because even they didn't know. And it it sounds ridiculous, but, you know, there's this thing called Key Nest where you can get the keys from a little box. And it was like, oh, there's a box outside this flat. Is it this one? No. And then I had to ring someone that wasn't answering. So we were standing outside in the, you know, Bellsize Park with two estate agents. And I was like helping find out which flat it was. And when we got into it, it turned out to be not the one that was listed on the internet anyway. So the internet's a whole, like obviously smoke and mirrors in our life. But this was like another level. And I was getting to the point of like what I've done in sales and that I was trying to become mates with these estate agents because before they put them on websites, they know which ones are what. We needed somewhere because we were starting a business in the area. Music intro interlude. Sorry about the whinging. I had COVID and it clearly affected my mood. This is an amazing act I've just discovered who's kind of a friend of a friend from New York State called Michaela Davis. Check her out. She's wonderful. All of you It's a t-
and listeners we found a flat in Maida Vale well one side of the building is still NW8 which is St John's Wood and then our side is W9 and it's like this is like our last chance to get one it literally was so we had to like it and we're like okay things are gonna calm down I was drinking too much it was too hot uh, it felt very disorientating because everything was in boxes and we had a child and we we're at traffic lights we didn't realize we were living in traffic lights so there were sirens because uh, people need sirens to go through traffic lights so don't ever live near traffic lights if you can but it's double glazing so it's not that bad but anyway then with the venue everything's going along swimmingly there's no complaints from the council it's on the register on camden website our bar um going well the landlord texts us going right Apparently, there's an issue, and it's with the history of the building. There's some old Tory Victorian thing that says, kind of alcohol. And this Northern Irish liar who took great pleasure in telling us that we can't do our dreams when we met him. He just happened to be in the, in the cafe where we met our landlord that day. He's saying, you can't do this. Do you know what might start it out, though? If you give them a hundred grand, I was like, yeah, great. And obviously, you know, I've been meeting people for years doing sales and that. And I could smell the badness on this guy. So, we went away and we thought, okay, let's get our lawyer people to do blah, blah, blah. But apparently it's nothing to do. If it's a history of the building, it's a private property matter. So that bar is a no-go. And it's mainly, this is my career goal. And it's going to happen in one way or another. You know, the idea of um, starting our own business and bringing our like beliefs our values our kind of personality 
our vision to something to bring people together after this period to kind of you know bring a bit of new york to london bring a bit of the brit pop spirit to the 20s here that was truly exciting for me all right i'm interrupting all this whinging because it's time to bring you our next song which is a huge song i cannot believe i've never played paul cook on my podcast but Paul Cook is an amazing songwriter who's been performing as Paul Cook and the Chronicles for the last decade or whatever. He was in a couple of bands called The Vessels and Brinkman who are both amazing and had interactions with record companies or whatever and it's all very complicated for many of us that are talented. But he's amazing. He's like my Paul McCartney, the greatest pop melody writer I've heard in this century. And he's kind of a mate of mine and I love his music and this is his new single which is called Little Truth. Augusta, Maine, USA, which is very pleasant. I'm on my own at a pool. It's Monday lunchtime, so nobody's around, which is helpful because I've got the lurk. I'm contagious. I've jumped in the pool this morning. I'm going to do it again. And I did look up uh, to make sure that COVID cannot be passed through swimming pools or water or the sea because I'm a considerate guy. What is tough about this, though, is that Emily has to look after Mac on her own and as you heard in the beginning segment of Mac and me he's a bit of a handful now but in a lovely way he smiles at strangers and they smile at him he makes their day when he sees them the last interaction I had with him with strangers was in that deli yesterday morning or that country store where the women I was speaking to and the clerk and that I hope they didn't get COVID but they were like you made our day I love this guy I love Mac anyway back to my story We found a place, but the bar was lost. Actually, that's kind of the end of the story, to be honest. And they were like, oh my God, we got to get out of here and go on holiday. Oh yeah, and I did a couple of gigs recently. I did the John Lennon one. In one of the episodes um, with Kelly Swindle that I'm going to put out after this, you'll hear that um, I did a gig as John Lennon. I also did a solo gig in the middle of all this madness, which probably wasn't a great idea, but it was a good gig, actually, and I got to play some new songs, which people liked, but it was too hot that day as well. So anyway, we got over here to the US, enjoyed everything that Boston had to offer. And, you know, in future, I might live in Boston. I do want to live in the US three-ish months a year. Boston's a sporty town. It's a working man's town. It's blue collar. It's like a Springsteen song. I enjoyed it. But someone gave me COVID and when we got out here to Maine to Emily's family home, which is in the middle of a forest, it all went a bit cheese and onion. 
our um, visit has crashed but you know hopefully the um, trip will now pick up and this is just a little divot in the middle the sand beard joke of the mum what has a Tupperware container and a sea lion got in common? They're both like a tight seal. A small disclaimer, just to say that no COVID lockdown rules were broken by us on this trip. That includes going to Texas Roadhouse last night, where I was on my sixth day of isolation. And last night, Emily Moment had a negative PCR test in the morning, but has had a positive lateral flow test this morning. Mac Moment also hadn't tested positive when we reached Texas Rodeo. Other than that, we have not been in public whatsoever. We're up at 3am because I have you in a converted car seat which is now a buggy and we're out because we need Emily to have some sleep. We went to Texas Roadhouse earlier which was alright. We had goldfish bowls size margaritas which didn't taste like they had tequila in them. They just tasted of lemonade but that's okay. And we're doing laps around this hotel. There's some really big trucks out here. And I hope they haven't got weirdos in them that are streakers or people with guns. Anyway, Mac, what we're going to do in this segment to get you to sleep, we're going to do a brief, well, somewhat detailed history of ocean colour scene albums. Many of the listeners won't care or know about Ocean Colour Scene, but I'm going to go through their albums. Yeah? Yeah. Because I think the sound of my voice might help you. Ocean Colour Scene were formed in the Midlands, in the late 80s, actually. A lot of my friends back in the day, they couldn't believe I was still an Ocean Colour Scene fan. But, you know, I don't care what people think, really. And, you know, you've got to go with your heart with things. Especially with stuff like music. You can't be pretentious in your own head. If you like it, you like it. Anyway, I'm not going to talk too loud. Because again, there might be weirdos that I'm waking up or keeping awake in their hotel rooms. There might be people that are private investigators. People having affairs. People on the run. Who knows? I watched that show last night called Bad Vegan. It wasn't to do with vegan food. I thought it would be. But it wasn't. It was again about someone being conned out of money. Which seems to be the narrative of Netflix shows. I might go to that restaurant in New York City. Actually, no, I can't. It's shut. And she might be still in jail. Anyway, they came together to form Ocean Colour Scene. They were knocking about. They did their first album, which was self-titled. And didn't do that well. It was somewhat styled on the Stone Roses and the baggy era of British indie music.
didn't do very well. And by the time it came out for all the record company stuff, nobody was really that interested. They did a few appearances and on YouTube you can see a few of their videos and stuff where they've got very different haircuts. The band went on the dole because they got dropped and they rehearsed for years, writing and staying up all night drinking and whatever. They wrote some of the songs that would eventually become Mosley Shoals. This is an album which is a classic of the 90s. It features some sort of very 60s-ish direction with music that sounds like influenced by traffic, Northern Soul, The Small Faces, The Who, all that sort of stuff. And they became friends with Paul Weller, supporting him on his tour in 1993. And Steve Craddock appeared on uh, Wild Wood, which is a Paul Weller album from 1993. Yeah? Yeah? Still interested? In that support, they started to get into the record industry and they had a song called The Riverboat Song. I don't know what label they were on, but it got put out. Chris Evans heard it. He put it on his Radio 1 breakfast show. And it also became the theme tune to a seminal 90s TV show called TFI Friday. <coughs> Do you like that show? Mosley Shoals turned out to be a big hit on the back of the Riverboat song. Which is still a 90s hit. Oh, you've gone to sleep. They subsequently released classics like The Day We Caught the Train... circle and you've got it bad yeah they toured they gained notoriety it became a number one album mostly shows stayed in the charts for years they did a follow-up called marching already the title comes from the fact that it was already March and they hadn't done enough by their own standards marching already had similar themes but it was a bit more diverse. Had the opening single, 100 Mile High City, which still sounds a bit mad today. Again, it features Northern Soul and kind of more mod-themed stuff like Traveller's Tune. It has other songs like Better Day, which is about the band. This again was a hit. And it knocked the album Be Here Now off the number one chart position. I have no idea how I know all this. I suppose it's because I read this sort of stuff instead of news. I know everything. Thanks as well, I have to say, to the modern era of internet, where you can find out every single little detail about things. If you follow a band and read all their interviews over about 15 years, I have this with about 10 or 15 other bands, you get to know everything. Their third album was Mechanical Wonder. No, it wasn't. The third album was called One From The Modern. I was at university during this one. And again, a band's touring, they're busy, but the songs are getting slightly weaker, but still a good album. It's one of the things that sort of happens with bands where they've toured the first album, they've written it in anticipation of coming out as a band, and that's got very strong songs subsequently. And then 
it could be said that the second and third albums are somewhat retreads. But one from the modern is decent, but it, some, it somewhat suffers from overproduction. Has some dodgy production elements, but still some good songs. You still with me, mate? Oh yeah, that album had songs like Profit in Peace, which is a call to arms. If you ask me, their actual fourth album, which a lot of people feel like is their third, was kind of the one where it went a bit cheese and onion. It's called Mechanical Wonder and it's a bit more mellow. I think the band are probably smoking a bit of weed in this album and there's a lot of ballads and mid-tempo things which are okay but they were an indie rock band a pop sort of indie thing and it might not have worked I remember being in HMV once in Southampton and they turned the album off because it was probably too boring now I'd expect you to be asleep by now and we're probably on lap 7 of the hotel which is quite a big hotel it's like a Las Vegas style hotel you can hear the crickets, can't you, here in Augusta, Maine. Their next album, I think, was called North Atlantic Drift. This is actually a pretty good album, if you ask me. And maybe a return to, you know, it still sounds quite good. Not too overproduced. Yeah, this one came out in 2003 or something. And so it just reminds me that I've, I've had a lot of years under my belt where I'm listening to all these albums and different things are happening. In 2003-04, I was back in London now after being at university. And I was hanging out with a certain group of mates and I was in a band and I had to then keep it a bit of a secret that I was still listening to these albums. I don't know if any of you listeners are the same with a band you like where you follow them and you're probably not supposed to Anyway, all their albums are good, if you ask me. They did another one in 2005 called A Hyperactive Workout for the Flying Squad. I don't know if they're trying to be deliberately obscure. And there's like a dragonfly on the front. It's a weird arty cover. Feels a bit influenced by Steve Craddock, who likes a bit of psychedelia. This album's pretty good as well. It's got some good ones. Now, the band are touring. Their original bass player left. Or they fired him. I can't remember what the situation was. They got two other blokes in from the Midlands who were a bit younger. And on their 2007 album, which I'm going to try and remember the name of... Oh, yeah, it's called On The Ley Line. These guys feature on that album, and it's still pretty strong. But again, the songs don't particularly come to mind. I think there's a song called I Told You So, which is quite Beatlesy. Oh, and she talks, everyone listens. She gets a spell, she's a magician. This is where it gets a bit sparse for Ocean Colour Scene. I remember the week I met Emily, your mother, in early 2010, they released an album called Saturday. Now this is quite a good album, a return to form, and it's quite poppy. A lot of people might think that this is the best album since their classics. Because it's very accessible. 
has a sort of British seaside sound. I think you're going to sleep. This is a success. In the 2010s, they kind of became a live act. They did do an album in 2012 called Painting, which for me is definitely their weakest. Okay, mate. Painting doesn't have any hits on it, really. And I think they recorded it in a week, getting together when they live in different parts of the country. And they get together every year to do gigs. At Christmas and at festivals. Because that's the only way you can make money. For music now. Anyway, Ocean Colour Scene have stood the test of time. And they have a very, very loyal fan base. And you're asleep, and this has been a success. And that's our segment. And that's our walk round, whatever this hotel's called, in Augusta, Maine after going to a weird steakhouse. Listen to Greater Portland's new FM, 100.5 WMOV. Now with weather updates from WMTW, Maine's Total Weather. Welcome back, the final segment. Still in Augusta, Maine. Maybe we will be forever. My guest for the final segment, what you've all been waiting for, is the mystical genius, the legend, love my life, Emily Maiman. I haven't signed a release form for this. Yeah, you haven't. But I can now be on you because we're all positive and it doesn't matter. HIV positive. Anyway, so there's nothing to. Sorry, that's not funny. Um, so just to say, you know, have you got any viewpoint on what we've been through in Augusta, Georgia? Do you want to review the. F- <laughs> oh, sorry, yeah. We might as well be though, right? What I've suggested because of this holiday, which is, you know, been probably 50% disaster because, you know, that's a lot of stress when the baby's got a sore throat and he won't swallow. I'd I'd give it a good 80% disaster. Uh, As I said at the beginning, when I was probably a bit snotty and, like, delirious, yeah, we've had a tough time anyway and we're trying to escape. But what we've now decided is, as our venue went kind of tits up, but it wasn't our fault and we got fucked over... We should live like kind of international jet sailors for the next sort of six months, you know, and the winter and the, the, the autumn, fuck London, and just carry on. We'll come back to America. We'll go to maybe Greece or Italy or something like that. We'll go to Hawaii, I want to do as well. Maybe New York City. We've got friends all over the world now who also have kids. Are you looking at Mac? Is, is he right, isn't he? Mac's with us at the pool as well. But asleep. So what do you think of that? Anything to add or shall I just say it in your presence and then that's it? <laughs> You're saying it so it seals the deal so it's definitely going to happen, yeah? Yeah, and it's just part of the journey of this moment because these are like travel diaries in a way, these podcasts. These are my favourite ones anyway. Yeah. They have higher stats when I have a guest, but who cares? And I, I had guests. I've had like three or four lined up. They all stood me up recently. So Bevis has been a bit dry and I'm not, I'm not you know... You're always inspired when we're on vacation to do something like this, aren't you? Yeah, and I think this is an interesting journey. You know, the characters that we've encountered, just little things that I will forget, like leaving my flip-flops, which I never wear flip-flops, and I left them in the um, Texas Texas <laughs> barbecue, what's called Texas Roadhouse. Roadhouse. And then I had to go back, and there were a couple sitting there. And then, you know, this woman was on the floor picking up my flip-flops. It was pretty disgusting in yeah. a food restaurant. Yeah, it is, yeah. And then the server went... The server sounded like Minnie Mouse, didn't she? Yeah, she or did. Frenchie from Greece. Have you actually got shoes on? I'm like, yeah, I'm not that bad. <laughs> but yeah, there's just little things that I put in the podcast there. There's a memory for me. Yeah, they're relying 
dancing. They were fun. Yeah, I haven't said that yet. They even the like sixty-year-old server. We had so, like, every fifteen minutes, the music would get really loud. They would play like the Roadhouse theme song, and then every all of the servers would have to gather together in the middle of the restaurant and line dance. Would you do that back in the service days for like if it was an extra hundred dollars a shift? They didn't have a chance. Extra fifty dollars a shift. Would you do that? They must know that's part of the deal in working there, so you kind of have to. Maybe the tips are good. How many times after? How many times can you do that before you're like, ugh? I don't know. I mean, it's a job though, isn't it? But then again, in London, nobody wants to do a service job. Why would you? You don't make any money doing it in England. It's stressful. People treat you like shit. It was the job that a lot of people that were on trial, that were in part of the EU roundabout, were doing, and that made it more culturally eclectic and rich. So we've lost out, and nobody can hire anyone, and I don't pay enough anyway, right? I don't think so. So the line dance, yeah. I'll try and find that song. So that's um, Texas Roadhouse, the song. I wonder. <laughs> it is a chain, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I never. I don't. It's not one I'm familiar with. Emily felt disgusting that and you know maybe that doesn't help a pending covid positive what what you ate no Ripped no no didn't need that just trying to live it up and it's very weird because the first th- three or four days we didn't leave here and i was isolated and uh and advertising that everybody was going yeah but no one can hear I'm not going to even understand my accent. There's a woman in front of me this morning, foot away. She said, oh, how's Australia? And then she went, oh, she's beautiful, and walked away. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Greece or Hawaii or whatever, we're going to come back and do it again. Because what else could go wrong now? No, we've had, we're bulletproof now, surely. <laughs> I've got three vaccines and had it twice. I've got the potent early stage of it. This one where you, you, I lost serious weight and came out of it of a beard. And now this time, I think, you know, I've come out of it looking like John Hamm in, like, you know, 2000. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I I'm not even embarrassed to have my shirt off. I know, you're like all the rich people who probably, when it first hit, like, went to their holiday homes in the south of France and just waited it out. Yeah. Well. Anyway, Emily is in the midst of it now, yeah. so you don't want to chat. No. Any further reflections about the trip? Love you, Emily. I love you, too. And we'll see you next time. Love each other. That's Bevis Dev, episode whatever. Bye. Bye. It's been a long, hard day, and it's close to punch out time. You sure could use a getaway to kick back and unwind. You're hungry for something more than the same old same Let me tell you we got just a place Where legendary is ordinary Awesome is the norm Good times, poor hours and great memories are born Come as you are, we'll help you lay your troubles down Texas Road